Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The recording. Sorry, Saskia. <laughs> um, how are you doing? You all right? I was just laughing because you were going, you know, when you check the mic and you do the, um, like, one, mm. two, one, two. T- t- mm. t- uh, and because you've got the headphones in and I haven't, I've got no idea what you're doing. Yes, I'm just uh, like, listening to the levels. What's he doing? What's he doing? I saw um, a stand-up comedian once yeah. at the um, um, Hampstead Comedy Club on England's Lane. Yeah. Is still there or not? It was really you love good. comedy. Yeah, I do love comedy. You've I mean, always gone mm. and to even little little comedy clubs and mm. places that. Yes, I think you, you know. You've seen people at the beginning. If you live in a town that's got a comedy club, go and see it. Go and support comedy. Absolutely, all, all live entertainment. I think. Where would or, we be without laughing? We'd, where would we be without performers? I always think performers get a bad rap. You know, it's like oh, bloody show offs and all the rest of it. But I always think, where would we be without people to entertain us? Yeah. You know, like, like, let's be grateful. I'm happy that the world's full of show Yeah, great. Um, please show off. Yeah. Like, I want to be entertained, you know. So, yeah, go and see that. Uh, go and see comedy anyway. You can, really, because um, it's brilliant. But, yeah, I saw, like, Jimmy Carr's first gig or Lee Mack when he what? was in very early wait, days. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, mm-hmm. wait. You saw Jimmy Carr's first gig. Well, I would say it's certainly the very, very beginnings of his career. He used to have a clipboard with him and he'd come out and tell jokes. And he was brand new on the scene. The comedy club was hosted by Ivor Dembina. And I remember he was a very famous Jewish uh, comedian in in North London. And he'd said, welcome this guy on stage. He's brand new to the scene. Please welcome Jimmy Carr. And was he funny? Yes, he was instantly funny. But just one-liners, you know, like he told, you know what do they call it, a feed line and a punch line. Yes. Every time, and that was it. He hasn't changed. And Still his, doing that. Yeah, and his girlfriend at the time, I think was a commissioning editor of comedy at Channel 4, and I think she said to him, it's not enough, your act's not enough, you can't just do that. You're going to have to spread it out a bit and tell stories and all the rest mm. of it. And he didn't. He just basically stuck to it, and mm. he had this absolutely bloody amazing career off the back of it. Mm. But um, I saw this comedian once, and you know they go in the audience and they say... Excuse me, so what's your name? What do you yes, do? Yes, you know, yes, yes. So this guy says, oh, and he said, uh, oh, my name's Pete. I'm a, I'm a sound man. And he goes, oh, great. He says, yeah, yeah. I said, um, I wanted to be a sound man when I was at school. And I went to the careers officer and I said, uh, excuse me, I'd quite like to be a sound man. And the careers officer said, oh, really, why? And he goes, well, because I want to, want to, I want to, want to, want to. <laughs> now, to, just to get that off the cuff, I was like, bloody hell, that was brilliant, you know. But it must be great for a comedian when you've just got one gag up your sleeve and somebody feeds you the thing that you need, you know. So I tell that quite a lot whenever I'm but doing But I a bit wonder of if he's got, like, if anybody goes into music, because mm-hmm. I want to be a rock star, I want mm-hmm. to be a musician, mm. like, he would have, okay, music's covered by this, yeah. law's covered by this gag, yes. money's covered by this gag, you know. I think so, yeah. But th- there must be a hole in that where if somebody says, oh, I'm a midwife and you think god i've got any bloody midwife jokes then you'd have to go oh, a bit kind of like a nurse and then you'd come up with a nurse's joke i'm always amazed when you see comedians do that because you know they've slightly run out of what they were on They're, they don't quite know what to say so they go to the audience and it gives them a bit of breathing space and you 
hoping for gold. I don't think the audience is the funniest bit. It is the funniest bit. Jimmy yes. Carr, when we saw him, mm. his work with the audience was yeah, like super shocking, hilarious, mm. toe curling, embarrassing. I'll never forget Max and his mother in the front row. Ooh, yeah, and he God. had. I'm, I still <clears throat> wonder. Mm. I thought I might have to put out a um, kind of shout out on Twitter to find yeah. out if Max passed his theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he had his driving theory test, didn't he, that week? Yeah, the next day. Um, it was the next day, I'm, and I don't know, and I feel I'm unsatisfied. One of my recommendations is just coincidentally a Jimmy Carr thing, actually. Oh, so we how should weird. just do that now, and then we've yeah. got that out of the way. So yeah. um, a good friend of ours called uh, Richard Bacon, uh, who was a TV presenter a month ago, a disgraced TV presenter, I think, at one point. Not anymore. Not anymore. We can, we'll, forget, we'll forget about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's gone on to produce TV formats and whatnot, and he's produced a, a game show called I Literally Just Told You, which is hosted by Jimmy Carr. Now, he told me about this a while ago when he was making it, and in fact, I bumped into him and the night he was making the pilot. It's not... You know a good TV programme when somebody hmm. tells you the premise of it, and it's instantly brilliant, yes. even just from one sentence. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that the contestants turn up, and then... Anything that's going on around them in the studio while they're there is potentially the answer to a question that Jimmy might or might not ask. So, um, you know, it may well be that somebody says, oh, Jimmy, do you want a cup of tea before we start filming? And he goes, yeah, 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 I'll have tea, one sugar, Earl Grey, or something like that. And then later on in the show... How maybe, do I take my tea? Yeah, how does Jimmy Carr take his tea? And the idea is, he literally just told you. So all the answers to the questions have literally just happened in front of you, and then... It's up to you to remember what's going on. So you have to keep an eye on what's going on the whole time. Now, I love the premise. I thought, oh, this is a great idea. So it's a show that evolves as the show evolves. Mm. Like, so it's just made up on the spot. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's good. And Because you would spend the whole time watching the show going, oh, my God, is that... Mm. Is that, that going to be an answer? Yeah. Is that going to be an answer? Um, so anyway, I decided to watch it. One, because I really like Jimmy Carr. Two, I really like Richard Bacon. And I thought the idea was great. So I watched episode one and I thought, oh, yeah, it's, it's good. You know, it's... It's tricky and a bit clunky, and I was thinking probably take a few series just to get refined, or a few episodes to get refined. So I texted Richard and I said, "Watched it. Watched episode one, really good." He said, "Watch episode two and then tell me what you think." So you know, a couple of days later, I watched episode two. I don't think I have laughed at the TV <laughs> as much ever in my life. Oh my god! I was on my knees, crying and crying with laughter. So I know I don't know oh I don't god, know what I've it was about to... this episode. Yeah. But they cast it perfectly. Mm. So there's a casting producer on these shows who cast the, the contestants. And I guess they're looking for a certain type of contestant. There's confident, but not too confident. And I don't, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure. But whoever cast the contestants... It's a really difficult job. Absolutely. Yeah. Nearly. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a casting contest, uh, producer on uh, well, the Million the, Pound Drop, I remember. Yeah. On the and jump. and um, I was always fascinated by mm. the process because they're really rooting for them as well because mm. they get to know them really well. But whoever had cast this had done it brilliantly. So anyway, so there's questions like, there's random questions mm. that you might ask. So one of them was, which star allegedly bit off a hamster's head that featured in the Sun newspaper back in 1989? I remember, yeah. Who was it? Freddie Starr. So it's Freddie Starr, right? So there's two, there's two ways you can take that question. First of all, it's which star did this? And you think, well, it's a famous person, right? But he's also called Freddie Freddy Starr. Freddie Starr, right? yeah. So you, the, the clue's also there. So... Obviously, that didn't happen in the show, so that was just a random question. But later on in the show, because the answer that the guy gives to that question, you won't quite believe. But he says, he says, which star bit off a hamster's head and it featured in the mm. newspaper? He said, Mars. 
And he says, what? And he says, Mars. <laughs> and it's like, sorry. He said, okay. So he said, there's 7 billion people on the planet and I've asked you which one of them bit off a hamster's head and you say Mars. And you said, well, you said star. And he goes, oh yeah, but Mars is not a star, is it? It's a planet. <laughs> you know, he said, so, so this whole thing's like, unraveling already and the guy's thinking I don't know what I'm saying like why probably, did I say yeah, that he probably saw probably a Mars bar at some thinking point. immediately why yeah. did I just say that so it is hilarious so anyway later on later on in the show Jimmy Carr then goes on to say okay so Eric answered this question earlier what name did he give for a star that that bit off a hamster's head earlier so the the, the answers are sometimes questions that somebody else has even given earlier on in the show but the other one that was hilarious was um, Jimmy Carr refers to himself as a dreamboat at one point. Yeah. Uh, and then two minutes later, he says, um, I referred to myself as a kind of boat earlier. What was it? And then the guy goes, a jet ski. And he goes, <laughs> he goes so I referred to myself as a jet ski earlier. I said, this jet ski wants a cup of tea or something like that. And I mean... Or none of them. The contestants can't stop laughing. There's two adjudicators on the panel. They can't stop laughing. There's a point Jimmy Carr can't talk because the, the tears are rolling down his face. He cannot get Oh, my God. Episode it, two. Episode two. Is it on all four? It's on all four. Oh, my God. We've got to watch this. And so I was thinking, oh, maybe I just like Jimmy Carr a lot. And, and you know, I like No, Nick that sounds hilarious. But I spoke to Andy, my mate, last night. And he said, I watched episode two of uh, I Literally Just Told You. And he said, I couldn't believe how much laughing. Do you know what? Mm. I, I think it's weird that mm. everybody doesn't know about this show. Mm. Like, why is this not everywhere? Yes. I feel like it's not out there enough. It should be... I don't know. There's, there's a problem Wait, with television. Do you think Jimmy like real... Carr's so busy he can't do interviews and stuff? I haven't seen... Mm. Well, the book came out at the same time, so we did a lot of interviews about books. I, I don't know, but there seems to be a, a missing link between social media promotion and the, the broadcasters. Because you're absolutely like it, right. Everybody should know about and this And also show. there it should be clips of this everywhere. everywhere. And mm. I would share it mm. everywhere. So I'd urge people to go and watch this. Go on to all four. Just go straight to episode two and watch it. Because it's just so good. Because there's, there's this one guy on there who went to Stirling University and studied economics or something. And he's so bad that <laughs> as a representative of Stirling University, you can imagine the dean of Stirling University thinking please get this guy off the TV. Like, he's doing nothing to represent. And, and Jimmy turns to the camera at some point and goes, Sterling University, what have you done? You know, it's just really good. It starts off a bit slow and you think, is it good? But by the middle of the show, oh my God, my stomach was hurting. And it's so rare and TV I think, does that. Um, the more Jimmy gets used to contestants, real people, because really, generally speaking... Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten cats does countdown. Mm. Everything that he does is celebrity driven. Yes. Um, Quiz of the year, blah blah blah. Yeah, and the structured and, formats as well. And mm. this is a very loose show. Yes. Where Jimmy just has to kind of just run with it, but mm. it's with real people, and he is very good at that because his live show well, is really good at that. But like, it might take him a couple of you know, yeah, a probably of took goals, him the yeah. first show to just find his feet, yeah. but now he's in it. And it was filmed during COVID, so there's not a big studio audience in there, so there's a lack but, of laughter. Oh my laughter, god! So but, wait until the studio audience. Yeah, I really hope they do a second series of this show. Um, and we met Jimmy Carr at a, at a do around that time, and he said, it is the best thing I've ever done on TV. I, I loved it so much. And you can see why, because it absolutely feeds into everything he's brilliant yeah. at. 
and you get a bit of background on these people so he could probably yeah. pre-write a few gags yeah. and then he just lets rip but oh it's so good. We can, mm. We'll watch it later if you like. It's only I, half an I hour. I really want to watch it. Because, oh, it's oh, half an hour. It's only half an hour Amazing. show. It's a little... Okay. Or maybe it's a little bit longer than that, but you know, with yeah, the adverts and all that stuff. So that was it. I literally just told you on all four, episode two. Thank you. I love starting with laughing. Mm. I mean, you made me laugh just talking about it, so uh, good, I'm sure good. it's going to be amazing. Mm. Um, I don't know what to start with, but I think I'm going to start with <clears throat> Paulina uh, Poriskova. I may have mispronounced her name, so okay. I just want to apologise for that. But Paulina Poroskova is somebody that I massively remember Mm -hmm. from the 80s um, all the way through to the 90s as being my one of my pinup supermodels. Okay, she. I think she might have been one of mine because I I I don't remember the name, but the pictures of her. I think yeah, yeah. 1984. (laughs) She was the first mid-European European girl on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Okay, she worked for Chanel, Mm -hmm. Hermes, Versace. Um, Revlon, Guerlain, she did Calvin Klein catwalks. Did you like the way you I said that? French. You did French. I loved it. Yeah. Guerlain, Hermes. No, but you know what's really funny on language of love? I'm I'm annoying myself with the way I say selection. I'm annoying myself. I know, but it's funny. And the zona, like every time. Every time we say, like, we're going to mm. go to bed or something, Michael's like, should we go to the Zona Romantica? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's slightly taking the piss out of the my... I've chosen you to go to the Zona Romantica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Okay, sorry. Anyway, so, um, so she was, like, the number one model. But mm. what I realised, what I didn't realise... Um, that when I was a booker at Models One, she was a model at Models One. But because oh. I worked on the men's desk, and the men's desk mm. was quite separate from the ladies' desk, um, I only dealt with very, very hot men. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh sorry, yes, Michael. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And um, Paulina was obviously over on yes. the desk. So um, another thing that I really remember about her mm-hmm. was she was married to someone, and I know this sounds mm-hmm. terrible but when I saw who she was married to I was like oh my god she's married to him um, she was married to a guy called Rick Okasek and he was the front man mm-hmm. in the cars and oh, he was really? like a really drawn kind of skinny sunglass wearing dark she was sort of the epitome yes. of health and big blonde hair yeah. and like muscles, muscles and, and yeah. beautiful and bronzed and he looked like he hadn't seen daylight for five mm-hmm. years which he probably hadn't because he was recording but the cars were massive yeah they were like huge mm-hmm. did they, they do a song called drive yes they? who's gonna funny. take you home tonight yeah um and he they were married from 1989 but he died oh in my 2019 god. my god really yeah which is really sad and she I was just thinking, like, obviously it was a big love affair and, Mm -hmm. you know, they were together for 30 years and it must be difficult. I've often thought about any any woman in the public eye ageing is hard, but for a supermodel to get older is mega, mega hard. You know, you, even with your beautiful genes, you will still be a beautiful older woman, but your youth is... Well, your career is is wrapped up in your youth, isn't it? Yes. Right. So she, I was reading The Week, which we have um, also recommended a few yeah, couple great, of times, yeah. The Week magazine. And I'm particularly enjoying it at the moment, mm-hmm. 
reading all the commentators' um, opinions from all the different papers mm. about the whole Boris Cake, cake Gates. Yeah. It's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know, yeah, yeah. get it yeah, and yeah. read it because this week's really mm. interesting. Um, but they had a really interesting kind of snippet. What they do is they, they take snippets of interviews from various magazines. And um, this was one from The Times. Um, Harriet Walker was the journalist who interviewed her. And they talked to Paulina about her life. She's now 56. And she says she's completely invisible. Now, this is something that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. It's that feeling of walking into a room and suddenly feeling, oh, I'm not the, gu- the mm-hmm. girl that guys look at anymore. Yeah. I've gone beyond that. Mm-hmm. Although, I've got to say, I never felt... Before I got famous, mm-hmm. people now might look at me once yeah, yeah. and kind of go, oh, it's Davina McCall, mm-hmm. she's yeah. famous. But that's... But before I got famous, I had this friend called Woodsy. Mm-hmm. And Woodsy. you know Woodsy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've still got my friend. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, still and now yeah, I'm yeah. famous, I don't talk to her anymore. <laughs> um, no, I love Woodsy. She's a bridesmaid. Yeah. She used to walk into a room, just to give you an idea of, about like what Woodsy looked like, she was a Pirelli calendar model. Mm. I've got the um, Pirelli calendar. <laughs> I mean, some of the pages are difficult to <laughs> access these days, but... <laughs> Um, that was a joke. Um, I do have the Pirelli camera. And she was the one in the desert with the bottoms with and tire the tyre tracks over it. That was her yeah. bum. You can Google it. Anyway, she'd walk into the club mm. and I'd walk in after her being funny. That's how I yes, okay. I got yeah, noticed, yes, yeah, yeah. you know, because mm. she'd get the initial attention and then I'd follow it up with doing something really mm. stupid. Anyway, so she she's here, Paulina's saying, I feel completely invisible. And you read that and you think, come on, Paulina, yeah. like... You are still the most beautiful person I've ever seen. But it's interesting. She says, I walk into a party, I try to flirt with guys, and they'll just walk away from me mid-sentence to pursue someone 20 years younger than me. I'm very single. Oh. Pip. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm dressed up. I've made an effort. I mean, it's heartbreaking, right? Mm. Nothing. This wasn't something that happened suddenly. It was a slow fade over time. Like the boiled frog... You don't know until you're gone. I don't know what the boiled oh, frog reference is. I know what it is. Tell do you want me. To know? Yes. If you put a frog into a pan of boiling water, oh, fuck no, it jumps straight out. Oh. But if you put a frog into a pan of cold water and slowly heat it up, it boil it to death. Oh, that's, that's terrible. The, that's the boiled frog. Well, so it's a slow increase of something bad happening. Then okay, takes you slow out. fade. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. That was a very good like um, analogy that mm. she chose. There. Yeah, yeah. You don't know until you've gone. But rather than resigning herself to a newfound invisibility, she's taken to posting bikini shots, yes, and even nudes to her Instagram followers. The same kind of pictures I've been taken, I've had taken of me since I was 15, and in some quarters it hasn't gone down well, says the journalist. I look good, she says. I, I mean, I love this woman. Yeah, she looks great. I didn't realise it would be shocking for a 50-something woman to pose in the same bikinis from 30 years ago that still fit. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um... um it seems okay to ogle somebody who could be your daughter, but not a mature woman who knows themselves and, more, and are most likely way better at sex. Go on, Paulina. Does she feel sexier now? Oh my God, yes. But what I'm not anymore is feminine. I would not agree with that. No, I'm not no, no, no. a fluttery, vulnerable creature. I'd agree with that. I'm an active participant, an instigator. Um, I know what I like and how I work. I like to have fun. I know what I'm doing. She sounds... Ace. I, totally I immediately want to go bizarre. over there. I mean, what I would give to street mate Paulina. I, in fact, 
I think I should go and find a production company mm-hmm. this week yeah. and say, I want to do a one-off special where I fly over to America. Paulina doesn't know I'm coming. Okay, yes. I knock on her door. I find out where she lives. Uh-huh. Like, nobody tells me where she lives. Yep. I just go to America and I find her. Yep. And it could be two or three flights. Yeah. <laughs> I, knock on, I knock on her door yeah. and I go, Paulina, I'm Davina. You don't know me, but I'm also invisible. But I'm actually here. I don't know. I'm waiting. Yeah. Can you see me? Um, and I want you to come with me right now. And we're going to go and find you a date for tomorrow night. Uh-huh. But it's got to be somebody like that you really fancy. But you just tell me what you want, and I'm going to go and find it mm. for you. And I'm going to set up a date for you tomorrow night. Are you in? And where will I be? I'll be hiding somewhere, right? And then, if you want, you can just be next to me. Do you want to be next? Okay. To me? Okay. You could find me, and no, uh, you, uh, no. <laughs> that was funny. Joking. Yeah. Okay, okay. Until that last yeah, comment. Yeah. Sorry. It was just a gag. I know. Just a joke. Um. So. <clears throat> so mm. I like I. When I looked at her Instagram page, which is just her name, um, so it's Paulina, as you would expect, and um, Poriskova is spelt P-O-R-I-Z-K-O-V-A. Mm-hmm. Um, she's Czech-born, okay. um, but she's kind of Swedish-American. Mm. And um, her Instagram page is very inspiring because she literally does nothing to her face. I mean, clearly, mm-hmm. genetically... She yeah. is really gorgeous. And yeah, genetically, yeah. she's aged beautifully. She's still super slim. She's still gorgeous. But to see somebody, a model like mm. her, or any woman at 56, mm. who's done nothing to her face, yes. is quite... It's great, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite something. Yeah. And you saw a picture of her on her Instagram page mm-hmm. of her in stockings and sort of undies sitting on her bed. I mean, she looks amazing. Yeah, but she, she looks amazing because... She feels amazing. She mm-hmm. feels sexy. She feels sexier than she was before. Mm-hmm. But no one sees it. What is well, going on? I do, if that's any yes. consolation. It is, I think. And I'm much more interested in older women. Well, thank I've God said for that. Before. Yes, I know. But, um, all, you know, all the ways in which she described herself. <laughs> Bloody great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Well, good. What do you want people to do? Follow her. Well, I think, I think if any, if I think if anybody is mm. um, a woman, yes, and they are of Feeling menopausal age, um, go and read what she says on mm. her post. It's not just about looking at pretty no, pictures no. of an ex supermodel. What she says has great depth to it and meaning to it, mm-hmm. and and I think there is something very comforting at looking at a fifty-six-year-old woman who's done absolutely bugger all to her face. Yes. And and that is inspiring and should in, inspire all of us. And I'm not judging anybody that does anything to their face. No, like no. Everybody should do what be you free. Like. Do yeah. what you like. But mm. it is just quite interesting to see someone yeah. who hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very good. How many followers has she got? 725,000. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I was mooching around Tunbridge Wells. In fact, we'll give Tunbridge Wells a little shout out. We went yeah, for a meal on uh, Saturday oh! night. Yeah, yeah. So we went for a meal. So we were taken out by an old neighbour of yours. Yes. I say old. He's not old. No, he's, he's not old. An, an ex-neighbour. Ex-neighbour, we'll yeah. call that. That's right. Um, who says he listens to this podcast? So if you, if you are listening, Mark. Martin, do you think that was a lie? Possibly, because think, he said. Do you think he just listened to one? Yes. Well, he said, oh, "Watch your podcast." And yes, I was he then, watched. Oh, you, you've made a mistake yeah. there. First of all. Um, but anyway, uh, Martin took us out for dinner and, and paid. So thanks very much indeed for that, Martin. We went yeah, to a place called him. The Warren. Yes. Which is, what road is that on? Um, it's on the High Street. I'm just going to check it because okay. I'm just looking at it so up it's now. A, it's up from the Ivy. 
if you want an alternative to the Ivy in Tunbridge Wells, because I know we've got a few people. Yeah, the High Street. Podcast. It's on the High Street at the top. And it used to be a pub, I think, didn't it? Called the Warren, was that right? Um, it used to be um, uh, an Italian restaurant. Oh, okay. It wasn't... I so it's upstairs and it's got like this big glass, um, like almost a conservatory mm. type thing, but an oldie, old school one. Mm. Wow, the food was good. It was. The service was great. No, but it, the... The food was amazing because it was all kind of um, came from mm. very sustainable sources. So all of it was in season and yes. local. That's what I loved about oh. it. So the menu's constantly changing. Mm. So I had um, salmon mm. with potatoes and a mash. Oh, and I had a beetroot feta salad. But literally, it was a party in my mouth. Yeah, Every yeah. mouthful I took, it was extraordinary. Mm. I really and enjoyed it. And did we see some kind of Michelin? They've so got some a Michelin, Michelin recognition. Star, but yeah, they had some kind of, um, um, like you say, a recognition thing. Anyway, that wasn't necessarily going to talk about that, but, but I was just going to say. wedding? Or yes, a... if you want a really nice night out in Tunbridge Wells and you've not been there, um, I, I, we would highly recommend yeah. it. Um, so I was mooching around Tunbridge Wells with my son and he always goes to HMB. HMB's in the shopping centre there. Was it called the Victoria Centre or yeah. something like that? Now, I don't even been to HMV for a long time, um, but it used to be a record shop. But it's not really that anymore. It mainly sells DVDs and Blu-ray discs and some toys, posters, some LPs and stuff stuff like that, but also lots of books. So I went there with, with Joel. And I would recommend if you've got kids around teenagers' age, take them to HMV just for a mooch about because there's loads of interesting stuff there. It's all very arty and there's lots of music history in there and you know, Beatles box sets and, and stuff like that. It's nice to have a look around, but I stumbled across a series of books there that instantly caught my eye. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, what are these? So I picked one up and started to read, and I'm going to read you the first page of it. They're so good, aren't they? These are children's books. And um, this this is the, the first page here. It says, Little David lived with his family in a tiny house on an ordinary street in London, but he had ideas that would take him out of this world. Um... At school, he loved music and dance classes, and he had a real talent for singing, and his dance moves were from another planet. His teachers had never seen anything like it. This is a book about the story of David Bowie. But look at the pictures and everything. And it's a children's book, and it's obviously written, uh, you know, with that in mind. But the pictures are brilliant, and the story is a true story about David Bowie's life and about how he goes on to, uh, to make music and then invent these characters... Um, various bands that, that fail and succeed and dance halls that he plays and it's just so nice and it's such a brilliant way to introduce children to art and the uh, um, other thing is I think if you're not a David Bowie fan it is important to David Bowie uh, sorry um, it is important I think to educate the kids mm. in in amazing music well, from like, before yes, their time if you don't like David Bowie it's yes. highly likely you like something that was inspired by David Bowie yes. have you seen Bowie or Bowie? Bowie Bowie but there was a series of these there was one on John Lennon there was one on Elton John but then I looked a little bit deeper into these and th- what a collection of books this would be to buy for kids so um, you've got people like Agatha Christie Marie Curie Rosa Parks Maya Angelou um, Anne Frank Mother Teresa Elizabeth Jane Austen Gerald. yeah wow. Vivian Westwood um, Dolly Parton, Bruce Lee. Um, I mean, there's just brilliant, brilliant. Martin Luther King Jr., Alan Turing, Bob Dylan. I mean, there's so many of these. These would be just a brilliant selection of stories, I think, to read to kids. And then at the end of the book, it says, you want to find out more? Oh, wow. uh, and then it says, have a read of these great books or listen to these songs. And then at the end here, it says, if you're in Brixton, London, you can visit the David Bowie Wall Mural <gasps> and leave some flowers. Oh, I want to 
want to go there. Yeah, but then it's got recommendations so for songs. And, and as, as a kid, you could do that with your parents. Completely. Yeah. And the pe- what I love about this is it connects you as an older parent yes. to your young child through mm. a story that you could both enjoy. Because when I read this, I realised there's lots of things I don't know about David Bowie. And you think, oh my God, that's good. And then you put some music on and then you're listening to with your kid and you go, and this song kid knows wrote, the, you remember the book it, I read to you? You know, like, and then all of a sudden relevance. there's these little links. Yeah. I just thought, what a brilliant idea. I, I spent a lot of time making up stories for my kids because I found a lot of the stories that I read was a, a little bit kind of repetitive because kids mm. like the same story over and over again and one thing mm. or another. Um, so these what have been written. What was their favourite story? Uh, the one I made up. Basically, I used to make up stories that were yeah, films that I'd already seen. Oh, okay. So Star Wars, I told them as a children's story long before they saw it as a movie. And I made up Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and all these things. And I used to go, read us more about that story from last night. Well, I, I used to make it up. I wasn't reading it. You know, I'd say, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, oh. there lived a baddie on a great big planet type spaceship. And he was really evil. And then, you know, and, then it, and he was like, oh. my kids were like... God, your imagination's amazing, Dad, tell us more. And then I told them E.T. was the other one about this little alien that came and stayed in someone's shed in a little Elliot. When they were watching the movie for the first time, they were like, ah, hey, I know this. What? Do you write this film? I was like, sorry, son. I made it all up. Um, but it's, it's nice to have stories that y- you could you can get into because if, you, if you're a David Bowie fan or yeah. an Elton John fan or I don't know John Lennon or whatever but it was just a really great idea so if you've got kids you know who are I guess anywhere between about... or an amazing present for godchildren yeah like exactly. you could get them a couple of, a couple of um, mm. books a year one for Christmas one for birthday oh the final bit says and by never being afraid to be himself little David became the most unique star who ever fell to earth wow I know um, so I'd highly Look recommend Look at the alien them. in the audience. Uh, oh, you've got to get it. So they look <clears> like <throat> they are published for, by Francis Lincoln, uh, children's books. Um, there's a website here that says Court... What does that say? Court to Nose. Court to Nose. Court to Nose. Uh, and these were nine ninety nine uh, from David Bowie. They're hardback, um, sorry, from HMV. But I'm sure you can get them in else places el- elsewhere as well. So mm-hmm. good luck with that. Thank that, you. It. It's good, isn't it, that? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the next one um, I'd like to talk about is mm-hmm. another recommendation from Friday night, from dinner with our um, ex-neighbour. Oh, yes, yes. 
And his girlfriend, Dominique, mm-hmm. who was really lovely, yeah, I, I said to her, so, so what do you do? And she said, oh, I've, you know, I've got a little business. Actually, uh, they've got 64.9 thousand followers. So it's More not that small a business. Mm. And it's called Gem, J-E-M, and B, B-E-A. And they call it um, Bags and Luggage because I think they are expanding out of their original remit. And their original remit was all about the fact that the baby changing bag, and I was so guilty of this. I had the wipe down, Kath Kidston, flowery, mumsy, you know. I was the crock wearing... Um, patterned clothing wearing, mm-hmm. like practical, no makeup, no nail varnish ever, mumsy mum. And what I love is that Dominique and her partner, who started the business kind of literally from, uh, you know how much I love these stories from mm. the kitchen table, have built this business um, into a really, really fantastic offering. So these baby changing bags which we all know looked exactly like a baby changing bag and mm. are the kind of things that you put on the back of your pram these ones that she's talking about look so unbelievably stylish very nice i would yeah. actually use it <clears throat> as a handbag i mm-hmm. mean you don't it doesn't look like a baby changing bag or a baby changing like bag yes, at all great. they're made extremely well they're made all out of right? um all sustainable they're very very good on their sustainability mm. credentials Um, I think, didn't she say most of them are made out of recycled plastic? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, And there's one that I particularly love. Like, if I was um, a mummy again now, I would obviously get the leopard print one. Um, And I would have everything in there. Look, you could have your drinks bottles in there. It doesn't have to be baby bottles. Mm. Um, We're scrolling through the Instagram page at the moment, by the way. It's a very, very... Aesthetically, they're both very creative people... They look, um, their Instagram page is a joy to, to mm. look at. So website's they've got nice as well. The website's really simple, really nice. And there is, at the moment, if you want to go and have a look, the most unbelievable 50% off sale on. Oh, wow. So um, say their backpack, um, which was £140, is now £70. Oh, and these are bags nice. that will last forever. But I love mm. this Louis Cecile tote. I mean, Ooh, this yeah. looks so chic. Um, and loads of other lovely little bags mm. to go within it. And they've got bags that go down to kind of £47 for a bum bag, or belt bag, they call it, yeah. I always call it a bum bag. £35, that one. Um, there's lots of kind of little pouches and things that you mm. can put in your bag. But they are absolutely brilliant, new business, well worth supporting, but they're one to look out for and because they are... Um, they are going to be massive, I think. They're multi-award winning. Um, and they are, it's run by Dominique and Rebecca. And it's gemandb.com yeah. is the website. And is it just gem and B on the Instas? Yes. And That's I mean, she designed for the people like Mulberry and Burberry um, mm. and Anya Hindmarch. That's Rebecca. And uh, Dominique's had a handbag obsession, which is enough of a qualification, <laughs> yes, I think. It sure is, yeah. Um, but they, they just want to take baby making, baby not baby making things, but baby bags and baby products mm. and turn them on their head and make them look cool and really lovely. Because it is when you turn into a parent, you just... Oh my God, what happened to me? Why did you not just tell me to behind. just... 
Um, I don't really know. I quite um, liked you looking mumsy. I liked you in foam clogs and... Fuck, what was I doing? <laughs> You're a busy girl. You know, you were very, very busy back in On a sock and a shoe, for the love of God. Um, Very good, yes. And um, it was very nice to meet Dominique, a a lovely girl. So, if you're coming to London within the next few weeks and you want to go and see a play, then me and my mate Andy went to see one called The Shark is Broken at the Ambassador's Theatre. This sounds so good. Yeah. It is on until only, apparently, the 13th of February. So you've not got long. Oh, um, so it started on the 9th Why of October so last year. Well, I don't really know. I guess, you know, you just, these things have a, have a lifespan perhaps. But it may well uh, get a second run or it might come back or it might move theatres. Might theaters. go around yeah, uh, the UK. Might go around the UK. So it's on at the Ambassador's Theatre at the moment. Tickets aren't particularly expensive. I think we got the best seats in the house, me and Andy. They're about £65 each. But there were tickets floating around for 25 Yeah. Um, it's really good. The shark is broken. Is, is it worth a trip? It's definitely worth a trip, yeah. Mm. And it's a really easy, an easy watch in the sense that you're in at about seven thirty and you're out by about nine forty-five. So you can, oh, go, for, wow. you can go for dinner before. Was you there can an go interval? for dinner afterward. No, no interval. Oh, Straight I love, on through. Yeah. I love plays no that don't have about. intervals. And the Ambassador's Theatre is a lovely little theatre. Which one's it? that? Um, it's just in Covent Garden, so it's not far from kind of Seven Dials and Drury oh, Lane and all I the know rest exactly of it. Yes, where it is. it's on the corner. Yeah. Um, so it's a, quite a little theatre. I, I imagine it holds that many. But um, The Shark is Broken is about the Jaws movie. And, and just explain who plays. Um, so there are three main characters in uh, Jaws. There's Roy Schneider, you'll remember, Richard Dreyfus, and Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw's the old guy who owns the boat, the orca. Uh, you remember the classic line, we're going to need a bigger boat. Um, it was his boat that they go and try and uh, get the shark, which I'm reliably informed is not called Jaws. We always think... The shark is called Jaws, but the film's called Jaws. The shark is called Bruce. After, how is it called Bruce? Nemo. No, it was after <laughs> Steven Spielberg's lawyer, apparently. Uh, but who that's was a shark. funny that um, yeah. find, in Finding Nemo, yes. they called the, the shark Bruce. Oh, well, that'll be named after, after Jaws then. After I bet Jaws, you it is. yeah. yeah. So um, the mechanical shark in Jaws, for those of you that don't know, broke all the time, which is why in the movie you don't often see the shark, you hear the sound. Yeah, so clever. So they managed to do this thing where they just gave you the impression that the shark was close by by just using music and this POV style of filming um, because the shark was broken. But what that meant is when they were filming, they actually filmed out at sea Mm. in the Atlantic Ocean. But there were days and days where they couldn't film. Mm. But the three actors were trapped on the boat together for days on end. Oh, God. So these three actors often spent lots of time arguing, getting drunk, mm. fighting. Mm. So this is the story of these three actors on the boat. Now, Robert Shaw is, uh, was the old guy on the boat. And I think he's 48 when he's on the boat. And he actually died when he was about 52, 53 wow. years old, I think, of a heart attack. Um, you might want to double-check that, but... Um, so <clears throat> this play is written by his son, Ian Shaw, mm. who goes on to play his dad in the play. Wow. And it is unbelievable how much he looks and acts and sounds well, like his dad. Even it, when he's not made up to be like yes. his dad, he really looks like his dad, doesn't he? Mm. And what's interesting is that he's, he's playing his dad, talking about his dad's experiences, and obviously it's his actual granddad mm. um, that he's talking about. So when his dad's talking about his real dad, you know, He's talking about his granddad, if that makes sense, you know. Mm. And then 
he goes on to say he's got nine children. So Ian Shaw, he's got eight siblings. Wow. And his dad was this very brilliant actor, but his career obviously struggled a bit towards the mm. end and he, he ended up on, on Jaws and various other things. Anyway, it's about an hour and 45 minutes. It's a really great film. Mm. Uh, sorry, it's a really great play. The acting in it is fantastic. The guy who plays Richard Dreyfus, Liam Murray Scott, is so good at Richard Dreyfus. It's brilliant. Oh, wow. Roy Schneider's exactly as you'd expect him to be. He's very cool, very calm. You know, I don't know if you remember his career around that time, but he was pretty massive, Roy Schneider. You know, he did several very, very big movies. So he was very confident in himself. Richard Davis was desperate to be somebody. And I don't know if you remember, but after they made that, Spielberg put him in the lead role of Close Encounters of the Third mm. Kind. So, you know, it made his career that. He was a coke addict during the entire mm. filming of, of Jaws. Wow. So he's constantly coked up as in the play, you know. And then Ian Shaw's this kind of stable character who's a bit irritated by all these new young actors coming mm. up. Anyway, if you're in London and you're looking for something to go, the shark is broken. It's on till mid-February. And I couldn't recommend it enough. We had a really good time. Brilliant. brilliant. I want to talk about next a um, hotel. Yep. A country house hotel. It's um, in Wales. It's in Carnarvon, um, Gwynedd. And it is plastinas.co.uk. Plastinas, that's what it's Plas called. Plastinas. I think... No, don't... Spanish. Yes, but it, that's Welsh. Oh, is it? It's Welsh. Mm. Um, so I stayed there with... Um, there's a guy that uh, drives me often. Um, <laughs> I think you say drives you mad. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. He drives me um, He drives me often um, and he's called John. Yeah. And he and I, I mean, he's driven me often for 10 years. Mm. Like, so we know each other really, really, really well. And um, we both got put up in this hotel because we had to overnight because mm. obviously Wales is such a long drive and it was for long lost family and we had to start filming early the next day. So we both ended up in this hotel and they said that they would sort dinner for us. Um, mm. So we, we had dinner together. We could not believe our luck. Really? This hotel, well, firstly, you know, usually when you go away on a, a kind of crew night in a hotel you know what you end up with it's you know it's a premier inn it's a yeah. travel lodge it's you know because there's multiple people for some reason me and john lucked out mm -hmm. so massively we got put up in basically what was the armstrong jones family home so okay. armstrong jones was married to princess margaret armstrong jones yes okay. anthony his name was anthony armstrong jones oh was he i yes. didn't know that okay yes yeah and so he married Princess Margaret. Margaret. He was a photographer, mm -hmm. and he then became Lord Snowden. Oh, okay. Because he got a title. This house, yeah. his family home, mm -hmm. is sort of nestled between Snowden and the Irish Sea. Ah, so that's where his name comes from. Okay, good. It was divine. It's mm -hmm. kind of like a fifteen-acre estate. What really amazed me was that when the family left, they clearly left a lot of furniture oh really and family portraits mm -hmm. like there are family portraits all over the house they're not replicas they mm -hmm. are actual family portraits from that time and i was in the princess margaret room obviously oh, obviously and you know lots of now, like lovely it? photographs of her and oh, anthony yeah. and um it was really really the most mm -hmm. lovely place but they've got loads of um bedrooms they've got 
um, they're kind. They are quite expensive. There's, I would say, it's a special occasion type place. Mm-hmm. Um, it ranges from sort of two hundred and eighty-eight pounds to kind of three hundred and sixty-eight mm-hmm. in the main house. And then there are two two-bedroom cottages, which I think would be super oh, fun. Yeah. One's right on the sea, mm-hmm. oh, on the water. Yeah. No, on the water. Yeah, yeah. And but... the other one, um, I think, has like views across the water. And then there's a four-bedroom waterside cottage as mm-hmm. well. So you could go with the whole family and mm-hmm. go and kind of hunker down. But the thing that I really, really have to talk about, mm-hmm. because me and John, every single mouthful of food that yeah. we took, I mean, we were ridiculous. We just kept going, oh, my God. Like, oh. Oh, oh my God. You know the type of restaurant where my heart slightly sinks, where, you know, you go and have a drink in by the fire yes. before you go into the restaurant mm-hmm. and they're already bringing you, this is an amuse-bouche. Yes. And this is a... Like some other... And you think, oh my God, by the time I get to the table, I'm yes, not going to be hungry I'm anymore. Hungry, yeah. But it was just the right amount. We okay. had one of those... What is it called? Those little rice balls. Oh, I know, um, I know. It's not, mo- oh, it's not mochi, is it? it no, but no, it's something it's like that. Like yes, that. Yes. It's um, I can't remember because I'm menopausal, but it was like arancina. Okay, arancina. Well done, by oh, the way. Oh God, um, it was like a rice ball thing, but with the melted cheese right in the middle. Mm-hmm. But it was unlike any rice ball what's it, arancina I've ever tasted before. Everything that they did mm-hmm. was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Then we sit down at the table, and you get the velouté. Mm-hmm. You know, the sort of soup in a sherry glass. Yeah. And um, we sit that and we looked at each other and we were like, oh my God. (laughs) Every course that arrived after that. And you know, I'm quite simple in my food taste. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of quite fancy descriptions on the menu. But I needn't have worried at all because the food arrived and it was just extraordinary, all of it. Even all the things that I thought, I'm not going to like the flavour of that. Yeah. I kind of get a bit frightened when I look at a too fancy mm-hmm. menu because I think, oh, God, I don't understand it. I'm not going to like it. It The food was second to none. I haven't had food like that in, in ages. I mean, we've lucked out. Oh. That we had the Warren. Yeah, the Warren, and then you and had this. We, and yeah. I had Plastinas. But it's nice to be able to talk about somewhere that isn't in London. Yeah, yes. Or Tunbridge Wells. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to go to Wales, and in particular, I mean, I climbed Snowdon for my Hindu. Mm-hmm. Snowdon is extraordinary. I can't recommend it enough. It's an amazing climb up. If you don't want to climb down, because climb, climbing down Snowdon is way more brutal than climbing up, yeah. let me tell you, on the old knees. There is a funicular mm-hmm. railway that goes down the mountain. So you oh, can, yes. I did you it can, as a kid. Yeah, yeah, you can go down the mountain on the train, which is marvellous. Sorry to all the purists that are listening that are screaming. At, you, know, you can't. <laughs> yes, lazy. Um, Anyway, £60, I mean, I think it's £59 per person for the set menu in the evening, but it is quite extraordinary. For a special occasion of any sort, I'd highly recommend it. You get free wireless. I mean, it always amazes me if you go to a hotel in a city and they charge Charge you you for for wireless. It's disgusting. Anyway, free Wi-Fi, molten brown stuff in the bathroom. Oh, nice. It's so nice. Yeah. So it's Daniel and Annie Oliver. Mm -hmm. I'm going to finish in one second, but I just quickly want to tell you the story because Daniel came up to me during the meal and said, you know, and it wasn't just me. He went to every table. He's a proper host, you know, amazing. Basil Fawlty. Yes, but better than Basil Fawlty. (laughs) Daniel and Annie bought um, the hotel two years ago. Okay. Just so, two years. Yes, but... In the middle of a yes, global pandemic. but just before. So Annie was pregnant. Yeah. 
she's three months away from having a baby. Mm -hmm. They have the baby and the pandemic hits. And can you imagine what that does to you and you've just bought a hotel? Terrifying. Oh my God, it's so scary. Mm. Anyway, they've done brilliantly. They've turned it around. It's very busy. I just went online to go and have a look at the prices for the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And um, it said all these, um, I said for this weekend. And, um, you know, two thirds of the bedrooms are booked. Oh, great. Um, Which, if you think out of season, it's really, really good news for them. But it's really lovely. I definitely recommend it. What were the prices of the bedrooms though? Um, I did say um, 288 to 368 so it's expensive it's special occasion yeah yeah special occasion stuff that's great but, uh, but it is worthy yeah. um, of the price it, you're getting what you pay for last night on the Instagrams I was mooching about it was Sunday last night it's yeah. Monday at the moment so um, Sunday last night I was feeling a bit sleepy and I was looking for something to watch um, and then I got a message from somebody I'm just going to find it now she was called Jo and um, she messaged me on my MD London account, which is quite tricky because I get quite literally thousands of messages on there. Um, but I just happened to open it and she says, Hi both, super excited to have your recommendations every week. Such a great podcast. My recommendation for you is The Puppet Master on Netflix, a true life documentary about a con man who is a psychopath. 7.1 on IMDb. It's so good. If you haven't seen it yet, then give it a go. Three episodes. Much love to you both. So I said, Oh, great. Thanks. I mean... Now, this is from Joanna May Bryce. When you told me the concept behind this documentary, which is true, it freaked me out completely. So I watched this uh, last night in the end because I thought, oh, go on then, I'll give it a whirl. It sounds sounds great. So I'll give you the plot. Um, This harrowing docuseries, a cruel con man masquerading as a British spy, manipulates and steals from his victims, leaving ruined families in his wake. I was thinking, you know, that sounds quite good. So I read some of the views, and, and, and some of the reviews were an 8 or a 9, some were a 10. A couple of people had said, oh, there's a better BBC documentary on this and one thing or another. But I thought, oh, I'll give it a whirl. First episode's about 48 minutes. Second episode's, second episode's only 28 minutes, and the third one's 50 minutes. So the whole thing, if you want to watch it all in one night, it's only about 2 hours, 20 minutes. Good Lord. Really? It's really good, yeah. So thank you very much, Joanne. So it's a guy... Um, and he masquerades as an MI5 operative round about the time uh, that the IRA are really ramping things up. So late 80s, early 90s. And um, he recruits uh, three or four people to, um, to, to help him track down IRA spies. And they get so sucked into this idea that they give him money, they change their identity. I mean, they do everything in order to kind of please him and not get killed by the IRA. And you might think, oh, you know, I wonder how long that went on for. Ten years, folks. Ten years they were conned into believing that they were somehow working for MI5 and helping the cause against the IRA. And they they stole money from their family. (gasps) They changed their identity. They they were essentially kidnapped. But, but without actually being kidnapped. And severely man- manipulated oh my God, mentally. Manipulation is unbelievable. And you mm. are watching it. And some of the reviews I read said, are these people daft? Like, why on earth did they do this? But you have to kind of put yourself back in that time. So your pre-mobile phones, your pre-the-internet, the IRA yes. are bombing lots of places yes. all around the country. Yes. And the three people who get sucked into it were at an agricultural college where somebody was arrested as an IRA terrorist and somebody killed themselves with a shotgun. 
Like, it was such a weird time, time yeah. that I think it was quite easy for them to believe that somehow there was something going on mm. around their lives that they needed to escape from. Mm. What The other thing that's going on in this documentary is that there's, there's a story going on uh, from 1991, 1992, and then there's a simultaneously told story going on in the documentary from 2013 through to 2017 mm. about the same guy doing these two things. So you're a bit unsure about How's that knit does together? He get, he do, does he get caught? He doesn't get caught because he's doing something in 2019 and these two different people, are they the same people? Like, it's such a weird thing and it's jumping backwards and forwards on this timeline and giving you these things that he's doing and then there's people who knew him and then there's voice recordings of him. The FBI get involved, the Met Police get involved. There's a huge kind of it's funny worldwide, trap. it's I mean, right? It's really Can good. Can I ask you something? Because yes. here it's saying that there are actors. Is yes, that because so it's some... a dramatised... No, it is a documentary, but there's some reconstructed moments. Right. Uh, so there's some actors reconstructing. You don't actually see the faces of these actors. You might just see their hands on the mm-hmm. back of their head or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's largely mm-hmm. um, some reconstruction bits and pieces and then the, the people the telling, people. actual people telling their stories. Gosh. And you can see that these people are intelligent people. They, they mm. were just so unbelievably conned. But imagine it's, losing 10 years of your life to yeah. con man. Like you don't see your fa- friends or family for 10 years. You'd be so angry about that. Yeah. You've missed children being born and relative family holidays. Oh, and... well, there's parents that die during the time. Fuck. Of, uh, their... I'm, God, that's the third time I've said fuck in this podcast. Okay, sorry. Fourth. Yeah, we'll I'm e, so sorry. We'll have to put an E stamp on it. I'm sorry, point. sorry. Um, it's really good. The, God, the that's thing terrible. That's parents what... have died. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it doesn't bear thinking about oh. some of it. It's really, really dark. Um, it's really gripping, but it, it you you are constantly asking yourself questions as you're watching it because you're thinking, would I fall for this? At what point would I go? Mm. Hang on a second, mate. I'm not doing this. Quite fun to watch with someone. Yeah, so you, you can kind of debrief. You, you can di- debrief and dissect it as you go along. Mm. But it is in, it's an interesting observation of what what your brain is capable of convincing you of, I think. Mm. Um, and also not to underestimate how people can manipulate and coerce you into thinking something, even though you kind of know it's not true. I mean, as they're telling the story, they, you can see the shame on them, you know. Oh, God, it's, it's terrible. Qu- He's it's ruined their bad. lives. The other thing that's interesting about this is that this guy is still exists and he's still out there. Mm. Um, now, that doesn't ruin things for you exactly because there is something that goes on in the story that I'm not going to tell you. But what Netflix is doing here, in a funny kind of way, is acting is acting out of its remit in somehow somehow because normally it's just telling you a story, but it's actually telling you about a story about a living person that exists in the world that is free to interact with us. I would have thought this person could or should sue if if he's innocent, then he should be suing Netflix or, or whoever is making this. He's not, so it probably tells you all you need to know. But it's astonishing, I think that. And it's extremely brave also, I think, of a, of a broadcaster to put mm. out this story. So there is also a BBC documentary about it, which I am going to go and watch as well, because I'd love to know a little bit more about this. And I'm probably going to go on the internet and just do a bit of research as well, because, you know, there is somebody out there like this. I just want to know where the hell he is. Mm. <laughs> um, but go and watch it if you're interested. It's Like I say, it's a couple of hours, easy, all, all done in one night. I think it's reasonably appropriate for kids 14, 15, 16 to watch as well. Mm. I think it would be quite an education for them to watch and all. Mm. Um, but it's called The Puppet Master Hunting the Ultimate Con Man and it's on Netflix. It sounds, when you told me about it over lunch, yeah. it sounds fantastic. Um, I'm going to quickly play you a piece of music that I have been given permission to play yeah. by its um, owner, writer and creator. We must elevate 
Ja, alles gut. Supporting 
um, a nicer artist. Like Femi is mm-hmm. just the greatest, warmest, loveliest man. Um, and he's like, I've known him forever. So um, him and Glenn, Eye of the High, and oh, Elevates. Great. I mean, for me, Elevates my favourite track, but let me know what you, you know, let me know what you think of the rest of the EP. Oh my God, we've done that. Full hour. You're kidding me. No, no, I know. It's I amazing. We've got so much to say. No, we're going to have to hold what? it. Should we hold a couple of things for next week? Yes. Um, I'm going to finish off with a joke. Okay, amazing. Um, so, is it um, car worthy? Um, yeah, yes, I think it is. I think it's mm-hmm. all right. I think um, if you're too young to listen to it, you won't get it anyway. Okay, I thought you were going to say, like, turn off now because it's rude. But no, I, it I is thought I've rude, said fuck three times. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, we've lost the kids. So the legendary Barry Cryer died this week. Oh. Uh, you saw that, but he was a, an English writer, comedian, and, and an actor, as well as performing on stage and radio and television. Cryer wrote for many performers, including, listen to this, who he wrote for, Dave Allen, Stanley Baxter, wow. um, Jack Benny, Rory Bremner, George Burns, Jasper Carrick, Tommy Cooper, Ronnie Corbett, Les Dawson, Dick Emery, Kenny Everett, Bruce Forsyth, David Frost, Bob Hope, Frank. Howard, Richard Pryor, Mike, uh, wow. Spike Milligan, Mike Yard with the two Ronnies and Morecambe and Wise. Oh my God, like everybody. Amazing, right? So he died on um, the 25th of January this year, oh. died 86. That's a good age. It's a brilliant age to go, isn't still, it? Still kind of... Yeah, um, yeah, you've got your faculties got and all that kind of stuff. So a friend of mine, uh, Andy, said, uh, Barry Cryer's just died when, when, when that happened. He said, I love this joke. And they sent it to me, so we'll finish off with this. A woman walks into a pet shop and sees a beautiful parrot and says to the owner, how much for the parrot? He says, £20. And she says, that's cheap. He replies, I'd have to admit the parrot has a history. He used to be owned by a prostitute who worked in a local brothel. The woman said, for £20, I'll take the risk. So the pet shop owner put the parrot in a cage and covered it with a cloth. And when she got home, she took the cloth off and the parrot looked around and said, "Mm, new place, very nice. Then the woman's two daughters walked in and the parrot said, new place, new girls. Very nice. Then the woman's husband walked in and the parrot said, hello, Keith. (laughs) Boom! Classic Barry Cryer there. Um, It it could have gone really bad. Yeah, yeah. But it did make you chuckle. Oh my God, is it going to be really bad? No. But it wasn't wasn't, really bad. No, I mean, it's one of those jokes that dances a very nice line, right? Yeah, dances a line. Um, let's just do a very couple of uh, quick. Just want to say great shout out about um, the puppet master. Yes, so thanks, thank you for uh, that, John. That's um, that's great. So, uh, Katie Hyde, hello. Uh, I've been listening since the start. OG, thank you. Katie's an OG. Is she original gangster? <gasps> Uh, always my favourite dog walk of the week uh, when I have a new app to listen to I've been isolating the last week so oh, I've recommended BBC iPlayer a series called Better Things to oh. watch I'm already on series three. Oh wow a single mum in old what does that say Angles Los Angeles I think oh it says old it must mean Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Right? single mum in Los Angeles working in show business for three quids Short, snappy, 22-minute uh, episodes. Oh. Celia Imri plays her mum and his superb final fifth series is about to come out. Uh, thanks again for the podcast. P.S. 7.8 on IMDb. Boom! Boosh! Katie Hides. Thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, this is from Kathy Green. After listening to today's podcast, I have a book recommendation for oh, you. great. It's called The 100 Years of Lenny and Margot by Marianne Cronin. It's beautifully written and was the first book to make me cry in a long time. In a life-affirming and inspiring way. Only 99p on the Kindle now. Oh, Kathy God. Green, sounds great. So what's that called again? It's called... The 100 Years uh, of the, Lenny and Margot. Ah, Marianne Cronin. Thanks, mm. um, Kathy. Uh, Sarah Nib with a, with a silent K. Um, I'm really late to the party, but I have to say I love your podcast. 
I work to it, run to it regularly. I have to stop and jot something down on my phone. <laughs> Sorry. Good, that's what it's for. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Mo- but mostly, I really love how nice you are to each other. Oh, I'm already taking collagen. Daily flossing with a water flosser. Yeah, God, I still love that thing. And now just about, um, just bought a multi-strapped freaking handbag. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Maybe mm-hmm. just review things that are a pound. We'll try. Yeah, we're uh, trying. We're trying. Uh, Sarah, um, thank you very much for that. One last one. Do you that, want to do this that one? That piece of music, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is very reasonable and will make your life better for sure. Um, so this is from Meg Dibfuller. And she says, love you guys. I stumbled across your pod and I'm now obsessed. Great listen, really brightens up my week and gives me new ideas. You may have covered this in your earlier episodes. Um, I've not got all the way back yet. But if not, I've got a recommendation for you. This is us mm. on Amazon Prime and Disney. I mean, do you know what? I think I, I think we've recommended it a lot. Well, this has been recommended to us. I think more than anything it. else. I've watched it, I've yes. watched a bit yeah. of it. I yeah. haven't watched all of it, but it is... A brilliant story. You're absolutely right. And you never know, um, Meg, there might be some new listeners who haven't heard us recommend it, but we would recommend it along with Meg. It's about a family through uh, the generations, through the time. Best show she's watched on TV. Um, right up there with the morning show, which we also love. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but thanks very much for that, Meg, because you were absolutely spot on. We did love it. Yeah, it was very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, we've gone on way too long. Way too we've long. got other stuff to do. But just to let everybody know, me and Davina went to the metaverse today oh my god it was and, amazing um, we might well see some of you in there soon yeah definitely um, we might we might venture in there and, and invite quite a lot of you to come you're gonna us. have to go and get some uh, you need to go and get some headset, headset a vr headset but, we have recommended um, it on a yeah podcast. yeah the, the oculus, oculus quest 2 um that's made by meta or facebook if you're old school um but um yeah we've got plans uh, to meet you all there so um i just want to plant that seed Uh, Have a lovely weekend, everybody. Happy weekend. See you soon. Bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.